Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Hello, and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. It's me, Earth Ranger Emma, international podcasting legend and biodiversity expert. Bio-what-versity, you ask? (laughs) Don't worry. Just keep on listening. I'll explain later. headquarters. I was just enjoying the fresh morning air on a quick walk through the conservation area that surrounds us here. But I actually need to make my way back inside to the podcasting studio for this first little bit. Come with me. Okay, just through this hallway. Past the lemur enclosures. Oh, hi, Cosmo. How you doing, bud? (laughs) Sorry. I don't have time to chat right now. Ah, okay, here we are. And let's turn on the lights. Here we are in the podcasting studio. And let me just make sure that my soundboard is turned on. Okay, you see, Earth Rangers, I want to do a little sound experiment with you guys. And for that... I need you to close your eyes very tight and open your ears as wide as you can. Just give me one sec. Ready? Now listen to this. That was the sound of absolute silence. (laughs) Now let me add a little something. Hmm. That was the call of a finch. That probably sounded a bit fake. And that's because it's not how we would hear this sound in nature. There would probably also be some noise of the wind blowing through some green summer leaves or some insects that are chirping in the background. Kind of like this. (laughs) Let's add a few more things into the mix. How about another songbird? or some chipmunks in the trees? Doesn't this scene already sound much more alive? Maybe we can even imagine a bumblebee buzzing by. Or or a dragonfly landing on a rock. And further away in the distance, some deer are grazing in a clearing. Okay, let's add a little river to the mix. It's a fresh, 
clear water river full of fish. And what's that? Ah, a beaver just jumped into the water. Oh, and check out these frogs calling loudly. If you try to listen even harder, you can maybe even hear some worms digging in the ground or a garter snake slithering by. And if you want, you can even imagine hearing the fungi decomposing dead leaves below the ground. And now, picture yourself lying in the soft grass, right in the middle of it all, breathing in and out. Isn't it amazing? Let's just stay here for a sec. is just a tiny example of how rich our world is. Life is everywhere you look and comes in any shape, size, or sound you can imagine. And this amazing number of species of plants, animals, bacteria, fungi, all of this is called biodiversity. Or in other words, the diversity of life. Diversity is how many different species live in a specific ecosystem or habitat. If a habitat has more species of animals, plants, fungi, or bacteria, it means it has more biodiversity. Here's a good analogy. If we think about music, it would be quite annoying to hear a song with only one note. Biodiversity is the harmony, how all the notes interact with each other. We talk a lot about it in this podcast, but every species relies on other species to survive. The way species rely on each other are very, very complex, and they do it in so many different ways. For example, if one animal eats another animal or plant, it means they rely on the other species for food or pollinators. They get their nectar from flowers and help them reproduce. Or if you remember, just Three episodes ago, we talked about how river otters use the dens of beavers for shelter and hunting. All of these interactions between species means that losing even one species can have an enormous effect on the environment, because every species depends on the others. Habitat loss and human activities have made many species go extinct, and many others are now endangered. And it's an even bigger problem because many other species depend on the ones that are endangered. We have to protect every species to keep the biodiversity of our planet. Okay, so last year, I visited the ROM, the Royal Ontario Museum, 
They have a special gallery about biodiversity called the Shad Gallery of Biodiversity. <laughs> the museum is now temporarily closed, but the exhibition is still there. So once things open up and you're in the Toronto area, you should definitely check it out. In the meantime, I thought it would be nice for you to listen to my visit from there last year, because I had a special guided tour. Mark Peck from the ROM taught me some really amazing stuff about biodiversity and why it's important, and how even something that looks insignificant like a dead tree stump can be really important for species and for biodiversity. This exhibition really made me appreciate just how important it is to have so many different species on our planet, which is why I wanted to share my visit from last year with you. So let's go! Conservation Conversation All right, Earth Rangers, we're in the ROM's Shad Biodiversity Gallery, and I'm surrounded by a beautiful display of specimens from all over the world. And I'm here with Mark, who runs the Shad Gallery, who's going to give me a unique tour. Oh, wow, there's, there's a giant rhino over there. Hey, Mark, can you describe the gallery to our listeners? Sure, the gallery was designed in order for us to better explain the beautiful world around us and the importance of keeping that world safe and protected for all of the biodiversity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. biodiversity, it's in the name of the gallery. What exactly does it mean? Biodiversity really is all of the life on Earth. Different species, all the different habitats, all the different ecosystems that make up our wonderful world. Why is it so important to preserve biodiversity? We need biodiversity to live. Think about your food, that's biodiversity. Think about the air you breathe, that comes from the biodiversity around us. Sounds super duper important. Now, as I look around the gallery, I notice that it doesn't look like your average museum display. Like some of the animals almost look like they're alive. What is that, it has a, a mouse in its mouth? That's an Arctic fox and a lemming. Arctic foxes live high up in the Arctic of northern Canada. Their favorite food is something called a lemming. And lemmings are mouse-like rodents, usually found throughout the Arctic, but their population levels dip and climb and dip and climb on different cycles. So when the populations are high, Arctic fox have lots of food to feed their young and to make it through the year. When the population levels are low, Arctic foxes have to switch to other food resources, so they might follow a polar bear around and grab a snack when the polar bear is finished. Or they might move over to feeding on birds or bird eggs to see if they can survive the year that way. Oh, it's so cool that they can adapt to those different cycles. They have to adapt. It's a harsh environment and you either adapt or, or you perish. Gotcha. Oh my goodness, look up there. Earth Rangers, guess what? There is a narwhal on the ceiling. And you know what? It really does kind of look like a unicorn. I is that real? Part of it's real. Now, the tusk is real, or the big tooth that juts out from the front is real, but the rest of the animal is actually made out of styrofoam, and then it was transported down to the museum where we've installed it on the roof so you can get a better look at a beautiful, crazy-looking species. Very neat. Now, speaking of unicorns, I saw a rhino at the front of the exhibit. Is, is that one a real rhino? That one is a real rhino, and that, that rhino's name is Bull. And Bull, unfortunately, was a, a white rhino that lived at the Toronto Zoo, but had died, and as soon as it died, the zoo called us and said, would you like to use Bull in your gallery? And we said yes. And we quickly went up and got it. We took it for a person who actually makes 
lifelike animals and it took them about two and a half years to make Bull the Rhino and bring him back to life. Oh wow, two and a half years to prepare that. And it's really sad that that bull died, but it's wonderful that we all get to look at it and, and see what one of these creatures is actually like. Do you have a favorite specimen? I do, and it's, and it's kind of a strange one. Normally people don't think much of a dead tree or a dead stump, but a dead stump has this incredible life force around it. If a woodpecker digs a hole and builds its nest inside that stump and raises its young, when it's finished, the young leave, and that hole stays, and, and the world goes on. But the next year, the really cool thing about this is that hole that was there from last year might be used by all sorts of animals. It might be used by a flying squirrel, or a cute little sawwood owl might take over that hole and use that for his nest. There are a number of duck species that actually nest in tree cavities. So even something like a dead stump has this incredible ability to provide safe homes for creatures. That's so neat. It's like a forest home with lots of different tenants. A lot of these placards seem to say that biodiversity is in crisis. Why exactly is it in crisis? What's wrong? Biodiversity is in crisis. We need, as humans, to do a better job protecting the world around us. And we haven't been great managers so far. And I hope people walk away feeling not sad and not, not necessarily completely happy, but they want to get involved and they want to find new ways they can contribute to helping protect biodiversity. to listen back to my visit to the museum. I really can't wait till the ROM opens up again and I get to go back for another visit. Okay, now, I know you've been waiting for it, and here it is, the Animal Encounter Story of the Week. Today I have something special for you. My friend Earth Ranger Sarah from the Earth Ranger Center, no, not Sarah from the Big Mouth, but Sarah the Animal Presenter, actually. Hey, you might have seen her on our Facebook Live Animal Meet and Greet sessions or on our YouTube channel. Anyways, it's that Sarah. She listened to all your animal encounter stories and wanted to join in. So she sent us her own recording. Check it out. Hello, Earth Rangers. My name is Sarah and my animal encounter story has to do with the first time I ever saw my favorite animal in the wild. And I should probably start off by saying that I have always loved the ocean and I've always been fascinated by the animals that live there, especially the ones uh, you can find in a coral reef. So. Well, there was a point when my friends and I wanted to go on a trip and of course I'm pushing to go on some tropical Caribbean island where we could uh, swim, dive and snorkel with all of these types of animals. And of course it was amazing. There were so many sea creatures uh, and there were these massive colorful coral structures everywhere. It honestly felt like an underwater city. So I, of course, am spending hours in the water. I'm trying to explore every little 
crevice and nook in the reef. I'm in there so long that eventually all my friends and pretty much everyone else on the tour has made their way back to the boat to dry off. So that is when I finally see it. My all time favorite animal, a nudibranch. <laughs> nudibranchs, they're underwater sea slugs. And I, I know that doesn't sound like much, but I think they are one of the most beautiful and interesting animals on the planet. Um, some of them have even been known to eat animals and steal their venom to use it for their own protection. So for the next, I don't know, 20 minutes, I'm following this nudibranch around the reef. I'm watching it swim, uh, sun itself. At some point it nibbled on some coral. And it's around this time that I finally realized I'm the only one left in the water. <laughs> I am alone. So I finally decided I probably should get back to the boat. So I reluctantly leave my nudibranch friend and as I'm paddling back, I'm so excited. I'm ready to tell all my friends all about this. And when I'm climbing back in the boat, I can tell that something something's happened because everyone seems so excited. They have their cameras out. They're all talking to each other. And so I find my friends and I'm about to tell them all about this nudibranch when they start showing me photos. So apparently, while I was following my nudibranch around, a pod of dolphins just appeared right next to the boat and they were playing. They were uh, splashing, jumping, rubbing against the boat. And then not long after that, a whale breached about 100 feet from the boat. And one of my friends ended up getting a pretty good shot of that. So they were telling me these stories and I have to say, I was getting more and more disappointed that I had missed these two animal encounters. But in the end, I have to say that if I'm being really honest, for me, nothing beats a nudibranch. See you later, guys. Wow, that was a funny story. Thanks, Sarah. Nudibranchs are really cute. Although I would prefer to see the dolphins and the whale, though. But speaking about biodiversity, nudibranchs are really important for the marine ecosystem. They're both predators and prey and are really important for the health of coral reefs. Next time, we'll listen to a story from one of you listeners. And don't forget, if you submit your story, you'll get entered for a chance to win an amazing Earth Rangers prize pack, including an Earth Rangers water bottle, a limited edition button set, and a surprise plushie. And hurry, to enter the contest, you'll need to send us your story by the end of August. So head on over to earthrangers.com podcast and get started. I can't wait to hear all your amazing stories. All right, Earth Rangers. In this episode, we talked about biodiversity, and as you might know, one of our main duties as Earth Rangers is to protect animals and their homes. So by doing so, we actually protect biodiversity. Check out the Earth Rangers app to find tons of ways to take action, like completing eco-missions and symbolically adopting animals to help protect them in the wild. For each action you do in the app, you'll earn points to help you level up on your Earth Rangers journey. I'm a level 64 ranger myself already. No big deal. 
And hey, if you use my special code EMMABONUS in the code screen, you'll get 25 bonus points to help you get started. That's EMMABONUS, all one word. And don't forget to come visit the podcast center at the radio tower in the app. I'll see you there. Until then, friends, stay awesome and keep on ranging. Earth Rangers. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm Oded. I'm Ethan. I'm Awa. And, and we're, we're a GZM family. Join us and listen to Fourth and Inches. Here, here we, we go, go, brownies. Here we go. <laughs> hey, animal lovers. Earth Ranger Emma here to tell you about my favorite app, the Earth Rangers app. By signing up for a free membership, you can access tons of fun content like daily animal trivia, puzzles, top 10 lists, and my podcast, of course. In the app, you can send me notes by commenting on the episode pages. I just love hearing from you. You can also complete environmental missions, do eco-friendly crafts, and help protect animals. And if you use the code Emma in the code vault, you'll earn 25 bonus points to help you level up. Download today, and I'll see you in the app.